0: Ladies
1: and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. If this is your first time here at Modern Day Debate, our vision, our goal for this channel is that everybody would get their fair shot to make their case on an equal playing field. And we host debates on politics, science, and religion. Wanna let you know, no matter what walk of life you are from, whether you be Christian, atheist, Muslim, Jedi, or even Sith, we hope you feel welcome here and we're thrilled to have you. We are a nonpartisan channel. So, we are going to jump into this shortly, but want to first introduce our guests. We're very thrilled to have them. First, want to let you know going from the top left of your screen, we have Nephilim Free, longtime debater on YouTube in this area, and also another veteran debater, RJ Downard, we're thrilled to have as well. And special guest moderator, Derek, we're thrilled to have you. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. It's going to be a terrific one, folks. And I want to let you know all of these guys, I put their links in the description. So if you enjoy them, you can hear plenty more where that came from as... I mentioned they're all linked in the description box below so I'm going to hand it over to Derek in just a moment he'll let you know about the format as well as who will go first but want to let you know a couple of other things first in particular for the Q&A if you have a question fire it into the live chat which I'll be keeping an eye on and adding those questions to the Q&A list we have a new rule for super chats basically we oftentimes have the super chats that are oftentimes like, well, that's not even a question. And that's okay. We appreciate the positive ones. But sometimes we get the ones that are like, John looks like an egg or so and so this guest is a terrorist. And it's like, okay, this is not super helpful. So for those super chats, we're only going to read the ones that are at least $5. So that way, we're hoping this will Keep it such that the Super Chats will only be serious questions. So if you have a serious question and it's a $2 Super Chat, we'll read it. But if it's something where you're calling someone, saying that they look like an
2: egg... You're going to have to pay for
1: it. That's right. Thank you, RJ. So, to, in other words, we are trying to... You could say, we don't want to become... And it's true. There's a criticism. Sometimes we have all these Super Chats we're reading. And sometimes people are like, that wasn't even a very meaningful Super Chat. We don't want to become modern-day Super Chats. Modern-day debate. So we do... We appreciate your kindness and encouragement, but we especially appreciate those those incisive questions that ask you
2: know, good questions.
1: That's right. That that uh, they kind of hit the speaker, and they're like, "Ooh, I've got to give a good answer to this." So, anyway, handing it over to our dearest guest moderator, Derek. Thanks so much for being here. The floor is yours.
3: Pleasure to be here. Let's first uh, thank our debaters. Uh, R.J. agreed to uh, uh, open the debate up. We'll start with openers 10 to 12 minutes each and then after that we'll transition the open conversation for about 50 to 60 minutes and we'll close out with 30 minutes of uh, question and answer so everybody clear on the format yep there we go uh, hey i'll start the clock rj who do you think
2: okay uh first thing i can start off with is that absolutely nothing that Nephi and i say today is going to change any of the science facts the scientists don't pay a damn bit of difference to any of this stuff. I doubt if Jack Sostak or John Sutherland or other researchers in the abiogenesis field or any other scientists will ever see this. So uh, we just have to remember that this is an entertainment that's going on between two talking heads or a talking head in a black screen, as the case may be. Uh, we have to remember all of that. Um, another thing that as we get into the discussion Uh, will be uh, that uh, none of the field workers in a biogenesis are actually anti-evolutionists, that all the information that we'll probably be covering are things that have actually been generated by the evolutionists themselves because they want to know what the actual facts are. They don't want to make up a model. If they just wanted to make up a model, they could be creationists and have it all done with and they wouldn't have to worry about it. So uh, why are we having this debate at all? Uh, It's precisely because the origins question is an enormous trope in anti-evolution apologetics, going back for a hundred years or more. Uh, and I call it the origins-or-bust argument, which is the idea that if you can just disprove the origin of life, then you short-circuited evolution completely, you don't have to worry about uh, dinosaurs turning into birds, or uh, hominids, or anything else that happens in the fossil record. Therapsids, my favorite uh, with the reptile-mammal transition, and that that ends the argument all in one fell swoop. Uh, it certainly starts out, I'm going to give you a little bit of history first, it starts out with French anti-evolutionists and in the biogenesis era, which uh, uh, Nephi may bring up in his discussion. Uh, the idea that, does life just spontaneously generate if you have like a bowl of mud and you let it sit there long enough with little worms and critters crawling out all on their own? And in the days before bacteria were discovered and before bi- microscopes were even available, <clears throat> it wasn't at all obvious that that couldn't happen so there was a big debate going on. There was a thing called pre-formationalism uh, and, uh, that organisms were starting out as little teeny baby homunculi inside of uh, seeds. And there was a lot of stuff which turned out to be just claptrap because they didn't know anything about what was going on. Well, you got Louis Pasteur entering the picture. He's the super guy developing pasteurization, the idea that you can sterilize things to make things healthier. And he eventually weighed in on this issue because uh, if you sterilize the flask, and make sure that you're killing organisms in it, then you can let that sit there till the cows come home, and there ain't gonna be little worms crawling out of it, because you killed them all off, and life doesn't generate spontaneously. This was nicely settled. However, before you go jumping on the, oh, well, that gets rid of evolution part, Louis Pasteur himself recognized that there was a snag if you tried to play this card too much. And he warned people, I think it was in 1865 or so, in a lecture to the French Academy, uh, where he was saying, don't try to pin your belief in God on this biogenesis issue, because what if it turns out that you're wrong? What if the scientists actually do figure out how life originated naturally? That's the way we would phrase it today. Does that mean you've just disproved God? You've got to flush it down the toilet? So uh, he was warning them, don't overplay this little hand on here. So... Uh, Pasteur certainly didn't think about that in that way. It's interesting that German uh, evolutionists tended to be origins or busters. Uh, Ernst Haeckel and others, they all obsessed, oh, we've got to figure out how life originated uh, uh, in order to get anywhere on it. Well, Darwin and Alfred Wallace bypassed that whole argument with evolution because they realized you don't have to know how life originated. It could have been a miracle. It could have been natural. Who cares? because they're looking at what happens afterwards, looking at what existing life is and working backwards from it. And they both independently came to natural selection as a drive wheel mechanism uh, and didn't need to bother about how life originated. Uh, from Darwin, maybe a warm pond, something, ra- yeah, that, but they didn't know most of the factors, so they couldn't figure any of it out anyway. Uh, Wallace, ironically, became a kind of origins or buster uh, when he became a spiritualist, he never was a Christian. He gave up on that when he read Tom Paine back in the uh, when he was a teenager. Uh, but uh, he became a spiritualist when his sister uh, became a spiritualist. And that was really popular stuff in the 19th century. So he decided that uh, the origin of life was one of those things, in addition to consciousness, that was the result of the spiritualist supermind that existed somewhere out in spiritualist mindland, And he, that was the belief that he continued with. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Darwin was not a spiritualist. In fact, he was kind of like a mini Ghostbuster. He helped uh, expose some uh, fake spiritualists in that during that period. So there, there's a cultural context to why these issues were being discussed the way they are. So how does the origins or bust argument roll? Uh, you've got a bunch of usual suspects that because we haven't cracked the problem, They're still around. One, I will expect Nephilim uh, to bring it up. If he doesn't, he's behind the curve. Uh, The chirality issue, which is that molecules that are left-handed bending or right-handed twisting uh, play preferential roles in biology. And it depends on which level you're talking about between proteins and others, and there's some areas where chirality doesn't matter much. But it was a very big issue about why is living systems using one system over another? when uh, if biology had to start out that way. Uh, it's now known a lot more about how chiral molecules uh, of the prebiotic stuff can be generated by ultraviolet light in space, uh, that there's a whole bunch of factors that tend to skew certain kind of molecules towards certain kinds of left-handedness or right-handedness, and that means that now, although it's not resolved as a problem, it's way less of a nail-biter Than it was 10 or 15 years ago. Another one that may come up is where did the DNA information come up? That's one of the big things. An awful lot of anti-evolutionists are computer programmer types, and uh, they just go all oogly-boogly over the idea that DNA as a coding system had to have a designer to it. But we're dealing still with molecules that do stuff and they have stereochemical relationships and information, it's not like a zero and one in the computer program. It's not arbitrary. You can't just play around. Molecules do stuff. And that's the drive wheel of evolution. Another one, of course, are the early experiments of the Miller-Urey people in the early 1950s, uh, which were showing that if you take gases and, and uh, water vapor and lightning bolts and the like, you can generate uh, a lot of organic material that shows up, including amino acids. Turns out uh, the more accurate you make the early atmosphere, the more amino acids and, and prebiotic components you can make and more reliably. So those are all clues that, of things that might be going on early in the system. But f- focusing in on the 1950s research is irrelevant because it's not the 1950s anymore. So let's jump up the speed to where we are today in the 21st century. Uh, first, we'll stipulate something, dun-dun-dun, we don't yet know how life originated Oh, RJ has just conceded the whole point. No, RJ admits and in fact encourages you to know that it's a really hard problem. It's really hard. It's way harder than lightning bolts in a thundercloud. And do you know, we don't know how that works either. (laughs) We know, I'm not kidding that uh, it's known that lightning is electrical. Uh, you go out in a golf course with a lightning rod, you can pretty in the middle of a lightning storm, uh, you may find out just how electrical a lightning is. But how do clouds separate positive and negative charges t- before to make enough differential to produce the lightning bolt? <coughs> it's not, it's not really known how that works. It's difficult to model even in a su- supercomputer, and we're just talking uh, water vapor and dust particles in there. Now, does that mean because we don't know how lightning is generated inside of a thundercloud uh, thundercloud, that therefore the Zeus or Thor model is now back onto the table? Yeah, no. Uh, you can say maybe it's miraculous, or maybe it's a purely natural phenomenon. Let's work it out. Another one that's a good analogy here is Fermat's Last Theorem, because that doesn't even involve biology. Uh, There was a mathematical formula that was put down uh, by Fermat in the 17th century, and he said, I have a really neat proof of this, but it's too big to fit in the margins. And 400 years of mathematicians banged their heads against the wall, trying to figure out whether that was true or not. And it finally got cracked just a few years ago uh, by a mathematician who was not even a big-league mathematician, Who finally proved Fermat's last theorem. Uh, Some of the biggest mathematicians, Euler and uh, 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 Bertrand Russell and others, had, had taken a whack at Fermat's last theorem and could never get anywhere with it. It even involved masses of mathematics that didn't exist in Fermat's day in order to make this proof. So we still don't know whether Fermat could even have had a proof back in the 17th century that would have been potentially working, even though we now know that it is proven to be true i think it's a conjecture about the number of prime numbers and relationships of squares and and uh, things like that you can look up for matt's last theorem so we've got the issue that it's a very complicated problem how are you going to resolve it um are you going to build a vat the size of connecticut and stir the pot for ten thousand years maybe but that may not be feasible so what we can say is that however it happened life existed uh very shortly after the late heavy bombardment uh, that uh, formula for the earth. Uh, it's about four billion years ago um, and it sets off oh, we got uh, two minutes, yes. Uh, we've got uh, we know that the amino acids, nucleotides, formaldehyde an awful lot of the organic components that make up living systems, not the proteins, um, are generated artificially, naturally in uh, biotic, abiotic conditions. We know it was bacterial, not something more complicated. And in fact it's billions of years before you start getting bacteria. Now here is where we get into the difficulty for Nephilim Free trying to use this argument. He is a young earth creationist that's trying to compress the time frame too much. That won't work. Uh, you get heat problems, as gut-sick given uh, uh, called attention to in the, the live chat there, that u- utterly make it impossible to compress too much time into too little uh, space. So any model of the origin of life has to pay attention to the chronology of it, that life began about four billion years ago and spent a long time before you even get cyanobacteria and another long time before you get early multicellular organisms and then complicated things in the Cambrian on. The other issue is, and this is why I wanted the argument originally just to be about religion, not special creation, is that none of the religious documents of the world that profess to discuss the origin of life ever got those facts straight. Not just the Bible. It's everybody gets it wrong. So the reasonable surmise is this is because they were human beings making up perfectly fine stories as best they could under the circumstances, but they didn't have access to any alleged designer, even if there was one, because they didn't get their score straight. And I think I'm about 30 seconds shy, so we can hand it over to Neville.
3: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, let me reset the time. That was a uh, great opening. One second. All right, Nephilim Free, are you ready? You hear me? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. I'm trying to screen
1: share
4: something. Hopefully you can allow that somehow, James.
1: Yep, it's showing.
4: Great, thanks. Okay, so, um, I didn't prepare anything for this debate. I've been way too busy doing lots of other things, Uh, but I don't really need to. Uh, A couple of points to make. Um, My opponent skipped providing any evidence for evolution and uh, abiogenesis, rather, and just gave you a storyline. He says chirality is less of a problem today. It's still a problem. Uh, alluded that information can be created naturally. That's scientifically impossible. And he says it's difficult to model in a supercomputer well you betcha if scientists can't even model abiogenesis in a supercomputer knowing the three-dimensional shape of molecules like they can model computer um, molecules in a model and can't get things to build uh the way that they want to then you know it's a problem all right uh, and so he says we know it was bacteria we don't know any such thing uh, what you've heard is a lot of storytelling just storytelling uh, so, abiogenesis abiogenesis is a scientifically uh, inept idea. Uh, there's nothing in science that actually supports it. What you're seeing on the screen is an example of the atheist denial of science. They will admit that this little hand beater on the right side, which has about nine moving parts, or six maybe, was designed by an intelligence. But they'll look at this machinery in the cell, which is submicroscopic and has camshafts and timing gears. And they'll say, there's no reason to believe that that was designed. But the thing on the left is vastly orders of magnitude more complex than the device on the right. And if that's not enough the systems of the biological systems of the world are so complex in fact that to believe in abiogenesis after you've seen illustrations like what I'm providing on the screen is nonsense here you have a, a motor protein walking down a microtubule of the uh, in a cell putting one foot forward and another ahead of it the, these quote-unquote feet, bond to this microtubule, heel first, then toe in a specific way, and then release in a pattern, because they were designed to do it in a pattern. This is design. Okay. Here's another kinesin machine. This is a video provided by Ken Dill, uh, major university biologist, of microscopic little robot men. You might want to call them walking down nano microtubules in a cell, carrying information and energy and other things to and fro in the cell on a superhighway in the cell. They walk putting one foot forward, one foot forward, one foot forward. Some of them have something in the behind them that helps keep them upright because of the load they're carrying. This is unbelievable technology. At the sub microscopic level, you need, these are what you're looking at is so small. They can't actually watch it happen in real time with present technology. They have to model it with a computer based on the, the shape and, and electrical, uh, uh, the uh, chemical bonds known. Now, here's, I'm not going to play this for you. This is a, a video of Dr. Ken Dill. Uh, he he's one of the world's foremost biologists. He says he wants to cut this point to come across to you. that The things we're talking about in cells are not just like machines, they are machines. 20,000 different kinds of molecular machines in your cell. Real machines, he says, this is not an allegory. These are real machines. So machinery has function and purpose because it's designed by an intelligence. Here's here's Dr. Ken Dill. You won't be able to hear him probably, but this is a connector core. And uh, the, the complexity of this arrangement of genetic information, and what's going on here, is so mind-bending, I, I, I can't even, I, I wouldn't begin to have time to describe for you everything that's going on. What you see right now, the cell is just getting ready to split the DNA molecule. It's getting ready, the information is getting all ready, it's almost ready, everything's almost precisely organized and exactly right, just about ready to start, we're almost there, go. And there it goes. The information being carried down, the microtubules, all set off like horses at a start gate with a pistol. They all take off at the same time. This is design. There are several different types of DNA repair mechanisms. What you're looking at is just one of numerous ones. Each one of these um, uh, things that you see is actually represents a highly complex molecule comprised of numerous atoms. Numerous. And they operate in unison in patterns in order to do things like repair DNA mutations, breaks in the DNA molecule, etc the complexity of this is mind bending to believe that this kind of thing arose by chance without intelligence just happenstance the molecules happened to get together and they just formed equal pairs and then it was it was it was the same on the left as the right and then they 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 managed to do these things uh to bind to the molecule to to to, to, to untwist it and then to cut it and then for these other molecules to come in and seize hold of it and then eat back on the molecule and then uh, then Go back in and write the right base pairs in place, then reassemble everything, and then all go away. That just happens. It can just happen. No, it can't just happen. These things require intelligence. Here's a different DNA repair mechanism going on. All the molecules in here are different than the ones you just saw. They're all highly complex molecules. They look like little globes, little little you know children's toys. But in reality, what you're looking at are very complex molecules, extreme, extremely complex. Here comes this big uh, piece, PCNA uh, factor, and it, it it rebuilds the DNA molecule. I mean, these things. This is unbelievable complexity. It way way outside of man's box. We don't have the technology to design at the microscopic level machinery that can do this kind of thing in coercion in, in a symphony of interaction. These machines before those, then these machines come into place, then they bond together and they do this and then they do that and the other machines release and other another types come and bond in together and then they perform their particular functions, then they release and other machines come in to do it. It's a symphony of molecular machinery all designed to repair the DNA molecule. There are numerous types of DNA repair. Each one of them is stupefyingly complex. It's utterly ingenious. But now, the abiogenesis, the, the, the science denialist, has to believe that all molecules bumping around can form this kind of stuff. Well, let me put it like this. In about 30 billion times the age of the universe, there still wouldn't be enough time for undirected molecules to bump around into each other and make This kind of machinery that operates in a symphony of functions. Never, ever, ever will it happen. Ever. Life has been proven to be a product of design by 20th century technology. In fact, here's an Isis bug. It has gears on its rear legs so that when they snap their legs forward, the bug shoots straight forward. Instead of leaning to the left or making a miss, instead of flying off to the left or to the right, he goes exactly straightforward because when his muscles snap, those gears keep his legs together in unison and they operate exactly the same on left and right. That's design. It's design. Everything about biology is designed. Nothing that you see is a product of natural processes. The idea is appealing It's easy to believe if you cut God and design out of your mind, but it's not possible scientifically, you might want to believe it is that doesn't make it so. It might have been plausible to believe that molecules bumping around in a warm puddle of water could form themselves into something as complex as biological life in 1840. Not in 1970, not in 1990, not in 2010. The idea has been destroyed by modern science. It just can't be true. Because of what we know today. Now, there's many things that disprove abiogenesis. The fact that DNA is a product of linguistics, it it possesses linguistics. algorithms and information are proofs that it was designed. Because the semiotics that is applying a symbol to matter and interpretation of meaning from a symbol is a mental process, not a chemical one. Therefore, chemistry cannot have made the information, linguistics, and algorithms that is DNA. It is scientifically impossible. It cannot happen. Molecules cannot perform mental processes. Chemistry happens only in the present. Every chemical reaction takes place only in the right now. There are none happening in the past, there are none happening in the future. They all happen at, in the present moment. Therefore, chemistry cannot have produced information, linguistics, or algorithms because they require forward thinking, thinking about the future and what's to be accomplished and how to go about it. That's a mental process that requires forward thinking. Chemistry has no potential to see the future. And this is one of the great problems for abiogenesis and evolution in general. And here's why. Because Many sequences of information along the DNA, whether they're separated by hundreds, thousands, or millions of base pairs away from each other, imagine stand are interdependent with each other. Imagine standing in one stretch place on a big flat highway in in Arizona somewhere, and you're standing there, and 22 miles down that highway is another guy that your existence depends on him. How does that happen? Because you see. Biology is chemical, and abiogenesis, evolution are chemical, purely chemical processes. But molecules can't make themselves interdependent with something they're not in immediate proximity to. All chemical reactions happen with molecules that are in immediate proximity to each other so that they can bond or interact with each other. They must touch, quote-unquote, touch each other to do so. But de- genetic strings of information way down there, miles away on the DNA molecule, are interdependent with each other. Then in other words, the one over here on the left, the guy standing on the highway in in, in Arizona, he his existence has no function or meaning, whatever, without that guy standing ten miles down the road. Nothing. No worth whatsoever. Because he's interdependent with that one. And the one that's only a mile away, and maybe the one that's 40 miles away. Because that's how DNA works. Genetic information is interdependent over vast spaces of distance on the molecule. But chemical reactions only take place when molecules are in immediate proximity to each other. Therefore, information, linguistics, and algorithms of DNA cannot have arisen naturally by chemistry because matter isn't forward-thinking. Matter can't say, I'll bet there's a guy down the road 10 miles away that if I was to hook up with him, time. then we could do a function. It can't happen that way. These and so many other things prove abogenesis is scientifically impossible. Okay, so is that my time?
3: It's the time. It's okay, it's the time. great. All right, awesome, awesome presentation. All right, here, let me get the uh, the clock set up right here. We're about to move into the open uh, conversation phase. Uh, I'm going to set the timer for an hour so y'all can have sufficient time to go back and forth. Uh, Since uh, Nephilim Free closed out, uh, let's start the open conversation with RJ. Ready? Yeah, I definitely have a couple issues, but the big one right off the
2: bat is the matter of the chronology. Uh, that the physical forensics indeed show that there's only bacteria to start with for billions of years. Now, Neff doesn't believe that because he's a young earth creationist, but he cannot claim that the scientific community agrees with him on this. The only thing he can do is to argue that no, his biblical mandates and the notion of science shows that. So what evidence do you have that, for example, therapsids existed at the very beginning of life and when exactly was that?
4: Well, I um I, I would say uh, uh, cytotaxis or directed assembly is. But you said um only bacteria, this, only that. You're telling us stories from your head, RJ. You're not you said I, hold
1: on one sec. I just I think that the volume, Neff, it seems like yours might have gone up just a bit since we did the test. And okay. that I'll might be my part of OBS. But if you're able to turn it down, just a smidge. Okay, well,
4: I'll move my mic around a little further away. Maybe that helps some. That'll, That'll that help. help. Thank me. you okay okay so i mean you said the uh you know the uh the, the uh i don't remember the word you used but you said the uh um you know the uh the, the forensics the biological forensics that we have prove that uh my timeline is wrong I mean, what are you talking about i don't understand what you're talking about forensics supports young earth creation because there are no therapsids. M- molecules in, don't stand in around in the environment rocks. without breaking down you know
2: not biological ones there are no therapsids in precambrian rocks
4: Okay, there's no dinosaurs in Cambrian rock either. Right, they didn't, they weren't yeah. alive in the Precambrian. Oh, okay. There are bacteria so now. You're trying to debate the rock. flood. I'm not going to debate the flood with you. The flood explains that, but we're no, talking about abiogenesis. Okay, we're not talking about the fossil record or geology. Okay, we're talking about whether or not yeah. natural, undirected chemical processes. Oh, uh, well, can l- 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 let me, let me l- make, make this, let this clear finish a sentence. Okay. You got all the time in the world Doctor talk, to, RJ. Mm-hmm. You got all the time. Okay, so uh, we're talking about whether or not undirected chemical, natural processes are able to explain biogenesis biological life,
2: not the mm-hmm. fossil record, not the flood, okay? Except, l- then let me get you pinned down. If it proves to be the case that, in fact, you are wrong on the flood, you're wrong on your chronology, and there are, in fact, billions of years between the Lions and tigers and bears and therapsids and dinosaurs and the first life, which is bacteria, is that going to be a problem for your argument at all? It, it,
4: it's just not possibly a problem. You and I debated this. No, that, that isn't what I asked we, you. We debated. If this you subject accepted once that, would it be a your problem? Hand. Okay, let me start again, since you love talking over me.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, we debated this subject once so already, about a year, six months, or seven months ago, and I handed your aunt hand to you about that one, like I'm going. No, to No, you didn't. So we're not talking about the flood tonight. We're not debating the flat origin. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is show scientific validity that chemistry explains biological life, for us to believe is scientifically plausible that what would exist biological Are could you arise directed
2: chemistry. That it literally doesn't make any difference to your argument if only bacteria existed for billions of years before complex life. That has no effect whatsoever on the validity of your argument. That you can just shunt all of life after that off of the, the scope completely Wait, and ignoring you're welcome to believe that i know that's part of your paradigm part of your storyline
4: but what you have to do here is show that natural and directed chemistry is able to explain this the biological systems that exist okay, you're not going to be able to let's, do let's that. dive into the other
2: question that i wanted to ask you now I, 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 i'm assignment... going to ask you
4: a question you've been at you've asked three or four already i'm, so I'm answering this is not going to, be a, I go not into going to deb- be a one-sided debate where you want i am going into you know, it I, I sit here smoking my cigarette answer, trying to answer. I, I don't i i i, I, I it's not going to be that okay i'm going to ask you a question
1: wait what's that okay just to uh, uh how many questions were asked on each side just cuz i know both of you i'm he only stepping me, in cuz you guys are both biological, undirected
2: processes. biological processes. i didn't ask the i am going to state <laughs> that the codon assignments are not arbitrary that <laughs> they are natural the and originated by natural means i let's never asked a you question let's, let's go I, ahead I with your questions yeah,
4: I answered four questions. I think I didn't even ask a question. So, uh, but my question would be this: um, I, I know that you love to appeal to the scientific community's consensus opinion, and, and really, to me, that just doesn't matter a bit. But you do know that Eugene Koonin is at least acknowledged <laughs> that uh, that. He says this, despite considerable experimentation and theoretical effort, no compelling scenarios currently exist for the origin of replication and translation, the key processes that together comprise the core biological systems and apparently prerequisite Biological evolution. The RNA world concept might offer the best chance for this resolution of this conundrum, but so far cannot adequately account for the emergence of inefficient RNA replicates and and the translation or the translational system. So y- Eugene Koonin, one of your your favorite, one of what, your poster What year boys, did he write that? Uh, this was 2007.
2: Okay, uh, it's 2020. That, uh, What's his opinion now? So,
4: so the same. Uh, so, oh, really? So, yeah. So you, you understand really? that your You've camp... Really? you read his
2: recent papers?
4: You, you understand, I never got to finish asking my questions. The question is, okay. you understand, don't you, that your camp acknowledges they have no uh, functional scenarios to explain biological life. It's all pure speculation. You didn't listen to you me, did you? Right?
2: I conceded that we do not know how life originated in the same way we don't know how lightning is formed in a thundercloud.
4: Excellent. Yes, I know
2: that. But no, now, let's I talk say about biological what we do, systems,
4: not just life as a whole. They don't even know how proteins arose naturally. They don't even know how ribosomes came in naturally. They don't know how helicase formed or topoisomerase formed naturally or or, or any of the other machinery of the cell. They don't have a working scenario for any of that.
2: So let's let's go right to the core of, of, of the codon system. Do you claim the codon assignments in the DNA system? You didn't is answer arbitrary my question. RJ.
4: I just, uh, you can ask me that uh, question, but I would prefer that you answer my question, actually answer instead of skirting. My, gotta, my question uh, is, we,
1: we, that you, that have, can you
4: acknowledge You can ask one
1: more time, Neff, and then we let him, okay. we're going to let him answer your question, but then we've okay. got to let him ask you a question too.
4: Can, can you acknowledge that the, your own camp admits they don't have pl- working models for the development of biological
2: systems? I didn't say an organic life in, as, a, as a fixed feature. Actually, I, I will dispute that. If you're going to trot out a 2007 quote from Kunin, I'm going to want to deal so cool. with the Kunin that's written in the tw- years since and other researchers. At no point he is addressing what the situation was 13 years ago. This is like somebody today uh, drawing on a quote telling us how beta is clearly better than VHS on videos, forgetting the fact that we're now in streaming video. It's moved on. You, you and there's an enormous response. amount of research, which I don't think you read much of, you, on where uh, people are working out. Uh, we, I'm, I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions on, on other areas, but I want to at least get back. Uh, to so let me ages, respond to what you and, just
4: said, too.
2: Yeah, um, you know, if weird. I we've, if we've, I provided
4: a quote from 2018, you'd say, oh, that was so long ago. The evolutionists it'd be, do this it'd be newer
2: the than 2007. You've done it for every time I've okay, ever quoted? We,
1: we, gave you, we gave you a chance to respond. Now we're going to go to R.J.'s question.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to get to an issue about the codons. Remember, for those of you who need a little primer here, the DNA and RNA operate off of nucleotides, triplets of which code for amino acids. This is a core problem that has to be resolved in order to explain the origin of life. Now, an awful lot of the anti-evolution arguments relating to codon assignments <coughs> are assuming that they are somehow completely arbitrary. They're like the a, the zeros and ones in a genetic in a D, uh, you know computer code that are completely arbitrary except for external intelligence. Whereas by a natural model, no, there are reasons why codons get assigned the way they do. So I would like to ask you, Nephilim. Do you claim that the codon assignments, the 22 amino acids that are assigned in natural systems, 20 in our particular species, are arbitrary or derived by natural processes?
4: I think they were ordered by the, the designer. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't think you can get a code system from natural chemistry. I'd love to hear you explain how that's can possible. It, can it, so is it possible for a GCU to code for anything other than alanine? Um, likely. But that doesn't mean that natural processes can create a code system. Okay, a code system requires a coder. So let me ask you a question. Do you think it's plausible? Can you explain why it's plausible to believe that molecular factors or rather that genetic information in one piece of the one loci of the DNA over here on the left could be interdependent with information? Uh, would, would be let's imagine that the DNA molecule is, is, is scaled upward massively so that we're looking at the DNA molecule as though it were a ship's rope that holds an anchor from the mid-1800s. You know, a rope is bigger as a football or, or a bigger soccer ball-sized rope, okay? Let's imagine that's the DNA molecule. And that thing is about, oh, I don't know, two 300 miles long, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now, so the DNA molecule, let's say we, we, we travel 19 miles and we come across some information as in the form of knots there. And that information is completely interdependent, functionless, worth nothing, without the information that's 196.4 miles down the road. Can you explain how chemistry can make molecules that have never come in contact with each other, interdependent with each other for a function? Oh,
2: because, uh, well, which example would you be talking about? What What is an example the that you're giving of The whole DNA molecule. Okay, let's take our DNA molecule. We are 4 billion years away from the original living system. That's a lot of stuff that's been changing. We're a quarter of a billion years away from the earliest therapsids. We're 2 billion years away from uh, the endosymbiotic uh, properties that built up eukaryotic cells. It didn't all happen at once. Now, I know you want, in your young earth creationist model, to have it all happen at once. Everything occurred at the creation week, and there's been nothing but deterioration since. That's a niche view that is unsupported by geology Uh, astronomy, uh, a bunch of uh, sciences, in addition to the biology. And Eugene Koonin would call your young Earth creationist model Claptrap, that it's not even on the board. It's not an alternative to natural evolution. Eugene Koonin has not written anything that says we've figured
4: out how biological systems arose.
2: No, because he wants to know what the facts are, and we don't have that resolved yet. But he does accept natural common descent for the same reasons that he is looking at the other material. Nothing has changed changed
4: since 2007,
2: J.R. I'm sorry. Does does yeah.
4: Eugene so, Coonan deny so point, of um, now, a natural you, common descent are, are you appealing Hold to on, is have, deep time let's, let's, you uh, appeal okay, to so
1: him as RJ, an authority RJ asked a question and let's uh, entertain the question for a bit and then I promise we'll, we'll give you a chance to ask another question
4: so RJ you're just appealing to deep time saying if we if we have enough deep time we can imagine that well it must have happened that's not an explanation you're not providing any scientific reason for us to believe that abiogenesis is li- is is an explanation for biological systems you're not providing anything. Appeals to the fossil record I, that don't help you. Appealing to deep time doesn't help you. You've got to be able to explain the things I showed you on the screen with natural chemist undirected chemistry.
2: I'm, show not, double double question. Question. That's,
4: I'm that's what I'm expecting you to be able to do. To give us a logic a reason that, to, to believe that science has provided an explanation for how natural chemistry can have produced the biological systems of life you're not going to be able to do that you have not even attempted it all you've done so far is
2: back okay, oh, okay. all you've um, done so
4: far is appeal to deep time and and a fossil record what's which is the most
2: a recent abiogenesis research that you've read neff
4: i don't answer test games okay so no, i know question. you don't right
2: is it correct to say that you haven't read an abiogenesis paper written in the last 5 years Jay, when's the last time you read a paper by Stephen jay Gould? When's the last time you since read he a, died in 2002, he hasn't published much.
4: When, when, when's the last time you wrote a paper by Kurt Wise? Have you read one? Oh,
2: people? I've read a ton of Kurt Wise. I when, criticized him a lot. I, I and criticized
4: Kurt Wise a lot. Did you read, one? In did you read one this year? Well, it's out of date then. Jr. See, mm-hmm. I can play this same ridiculous game. Get to the meat of the problem starts showing that natural chemistry is can explain the existence of biological life that's what we're waiting for you see because Um, i'm providing evidence that can't happen and let me give you one more energy maybe you can explain this uh it's called cytotaxis or directed assembly what it means is uh the cell in your body has exists because you you got them from your parents and your parents got them from their parents and your parents parents got them from their parents and this goes all the way back to adam and eve and how do we know that because the cell is not developed by genetic information are you listening or just having fun? Oh, I'm listening. Okay. All right. So nothing Young develops in cell. Cells divide. Okay. They don't develop. That's the problem. So if genetic information and biological processes don't develop cells, then there, it's because cells divide. And if cells divide, and that's the only way cells come into existence, it's because there was an atom and there was an Eve and those cells divided. So can you explain how it's plausible to believe that uh, abiogenesis is, is uh, scientifically valid when we know that cytotaxis or directed assembly is true today?
2: What I've been putting up here is a little teeny sliver of the abiogenesis research that's appeared in the last couple of years. Could you answer my question? I'll Well, I'll tell you that all of the stuff that you're bringing up is about a billion years farther down the road, or even a few hundred million years in some of the core cases. I don't think that, the, that more than about half of the DNA repair systems, for example, existed in even LUCA. Yeah, Let alone you know uh, in the initial life system. Yeah,
4: so you say a billion years later we have cytotaxis or directed assembly. How do you know that, Jr? Uh,
2: well, what, give me an example of a of a directed assembly cytotaxis involving uh, an organism. let's let's talk a specific. Well I,
4: I, do I have to go over it again? Cells yeah. aren't developed, they divide. Mm -hmm. you understand it right yeah that's called directed assembly or cytotaxis. okay Okay? right so you said that's something that arose a billion years later
2: oh no the bacterial one would have been fairly early on yeah uh what what are the so how do do you know how do you know that no
4: i asked my question i asked a question how do you know that Mm -hmm. How do you oh, know that because directed we, assembly because arose? We know a what bacteria are,
2: and the earliest life forms are bacterial, and sure. Luca would have been a bacterium. Okay, so because
4: they're bacteria, that's how we know that directed assembly evolved a billion years
2: later? Oh no, no, no. That that that's a different issue. That's uh, what, what I'm what, asking. What, so answer what the question t- I'm what, asking. Who uh, who are the major researchers on the evolution of cytotaxis? No,
4: I I I asked you a question, Jared. You said cytotaxis, or directed assembly is something that developed a billion years later. I asked you, how do no, you No, know that? don't
2: don't get uh, don't try to get me caught on a on a thing where I'm trying to catch up on a thing. Can, can you cy- explain? No, I would not Just I would tell not me why say you the bacteria. That? I I misspoke. I will say that cytotaxis would be a very early feature, so mm-hmm. I would probably put it at 100 million years or so and, after the early replication. And, and, and I'm going to get my references up here.
4: And you know that because what? Your, your your idea requires that it be so, not not because of any science, right? No, no, oh, no.
2: If you want to tell all of the scientists doing research on LUCA that they're not scientists, go right ahead and do no, so. I didn't say that. I, saw, I said yes, you, you believe that You just implied because it. your
4: views require it, but not because of any scientific evidence. Are you saying that all the LUCA decides, researchers
2: say, can just refuse to believe as you analysis? do just because they just don't want anything else or are they forced by the data to the positions
4: that they do okay so let me ask it again so i you said uh, that's something that arose a billion years later and i'm asking uh, now no, i misspoke believe, i misspoke don't uh, okay.
2: say the billion years again okay, it would be a component hundreds, of luca what,
4: hundreds of millions of years okay good. two what uh, 1.4 million
2: years ago maybe
4: it doesn't matter hundreds of millions of years ago we'll say that yeah later. okay all right so how do you know that is it is do you know that because your idea requires that it's so or is the scientific let me finish the question it. before you
3: talk you
2: just asked it and i already answered
4: it no i've asked i'm trying to ask it like six times in a row okay. but you won't all stop right. talking while i'm asking the question you're very nervous and upset okay so the question is uh, how do you know that do you know it because uh, is, do you believe that because your idea requires it to be so or because there's scientific evidence that uh, that cytotaxis develops somewhere all bac-
2: if bacteria use that therefore it's a data point to be discussed mm-hmm.
4: you you believe it because your theory requires it to be i so. believe that You're
2: cytotaxis right? is cytotaxis and therefore things that have cytotaxis have cytotaxis right
4: yeah, okay. but, but, but you believe in cytotaxis evolved because your theory requires it. I them. suspect. You, you couldn't possibly cytotaxis have scientific right. right. I'll
2: e- leave it excellent. to the researchers okay. to tell me more about why they think what they do and how early they think it is. So uh, you tell me what research have you read on the origins of cytotaxis other than creationist accounts? Uh,
4: I haven't read any. I don't need to. I just know you what don't cytotaxis need to. is, right? And, and I know that cells divide and, they, and they, they split the organelles and everything divides. And that's how you get a new cell. And that's what I need to know is cells do not develop, they divide.
2: That's all I need. Give to me know. another topic for so, rocks number two. So,
4: uh, here, here, At least you, you say you believe that But if we were to turn everything Our guns on everything that you believe About abiogenesis,
2: yeah. You'd
4: have to admit also that you believe That happened without scientific evidence mm-hmm. You, didn't. you yeah. believe this happened Without scientific evidence No, you no, 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 that no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no Don't try to slip that one in I will tell you I have not done An in-depth study About the cytotaxis systems And the discussion of the evolution of it Or not It may turn out that not much work has been done on it. It may turn out that there's been an enormous amount of work done on it. I'll do that research. Have you done any research on that? And if so, from what sources? I, I,
4: I just told you I haven't.
2: Okay. But so I, we're on the same playing field. When it comes no. to
4: cytotaxis, we're both at zero. No, absolutely not, because if you read the Bible, God created them in the beginning, male and female, there would be no development of cytotaxis, and that's what ah, we see.
2: Cells and are develop, you and are you dogmatically commit. requiring that there never be an evolution of this? And it, you will reject in principle any evidence that they did evolve? It, it absolutely supports the scriptures and that's, Isn't that's what i asked that's, you that's
4: that's amazing to me i think that's fantastic so my view has scientific support life doesn't cells don't develop because god made our original cells there were cells already in the beginning fully formed cells that's why cells divide they don't develop and that's a beautiful thing so the bible is vindicated on that matter okay so But you need to provide scientific reason to believe that information, linguistics, algorithms, the nanotechnology machinery of a cell, all these things can arise by natural processes, and I'm
2: waiting. How about sex? Uh, That, I'm assuming, is designed... uh, In that, Uh, do you think that there has been any evolutionary origin to sexual reproduction in eukaryotes at all?
4: No, I think the origin, the natural origin of sexual reproduction, is a preposterous idea. Natural Mm -hmm. selection couldn't possibly play such a a role in such a process as that, Mm -hmm. whereby uh, undirected um, minuscule change to an organism, to its uh, anatomy, would would be met with a corresponding mutation that happened to change the anatomy of other examples in its population to fit to match it just by and that's what you think is required i I, I think i think that's preposterous Mm -hmm. and i think that mutation developing both male and female organisms at the same time i think that's preposterous
2: that's that's that to me is a cartoon idea Uh, Did you do any research on that to see what scientific work has been done on the evolution of sexual reproduction? Uh, Yeah, I have researched some things. Have you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a whole evolution hour video on it a couple years back.
4: What what scientists
2: did you draw on?
4: What is plausible about the idea that mutation and natural selection are a mechanism for developing the anatomical differences between male
2: and female that would correspond with each other? Oh, bacteria! What, what, what are the uh, when when bacteria have sexual reproduction? What anatomical differences are involved in those?
4: Uh, then we're not talking about sexual reproduction. Oh yes, we are. There are. Th- that's, where do you
2: think sexual reproduction? Uh, so, you think it just occurs between vertebrates?
4: So, uh, what is the uh, plausible reason? Uh, what is the reason Let's for have sex. That uh, that natural selection and undirected mutations. Are able to develop the anatomical changes that would make two biological systems that are different. You're reading necessary. your mantras
2: again now. I, I'm I trying don't to read. You to, to i to get outside the little comfort box.
4: JR, when I read, you know I'm reading. Okay.
2: So I'm oh. asking your question. Yeah. Um, what is it? You're plausible? repeating. Why because you're saying plausible? the same thing, it sounds I, I, even as you memorized let's,
1: it, wrote. Let's hear enough, and then I promise to we'll come right back to you, RJ. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah.
4: So why is it plausible, Jr, to believe that undirected mutations and natural selection are a mechanism that develops these structural design changes to organisms to produce corresponding but different anatom- anatomical features required for sexual reproduction?
0: Girl.
2: Boy, he has just compressed a colossal amount of research on the diversification of sexual reproducing organisms, of which... The field is mammoth when you'd be talking about our sexual reproduction as mammals, uh, sexual reproduction as amniotes, sexual reproduction as uh, um, uh, fish, uh, all of the different layers on layers on layers on layers on layers layers of it uh, that you can trace in individual cases, which I guarantee you nobody in the creationist community has gotten into that uh, uh, level of detail. Uh, I was trying to bring up where sex came from originally. Remember, he doesn't allow the chronology, so he never thinks map of time. Uh, The fascinating thing about how the actual scientists, like Matthew Herron, has done on uh, the development of sexual reproduction and cellular systems in Volvox and uh, other uh, organisms, it's related to both uh, the evasion from uh, uh, parasites and also uh, the structure of cell membranes. So the structure that cell membranes form are the things that are being hitchhiked on to produce sexual reproduction. And there's a quite a a, a substantial amount of technical literature that's been done in the last 10 years on this. I was citing some of it in my video from a few years back. None of which filters through the creationist network that Nephilim eventually copies in his little trope. What you've just
4: described as ideas about what must have happened. I didn't ask for ideas. I I asked you, uh, what is scientifically valid about the idea? That undirected mutations and natural selection have the ability to develop the structural designs and anatomy to produce corresponding yet different anatomical features that are required for reproduction. How is that a plausible idea? Can you explain
2: that to us? Because it isn't an implausible idea. You don't have uh, uh, populations evolve, not individuals. It's a cliche. Kent Hovind falls into this same mistake. The idea, well, where could the first male come from? And, and and you'd have to expect the first female to appear all at once, and so that they could come together to mate and make babies. That's not how the systems run. I Any special? In, a, uh, let me. You ran on run. for let's, a while. Let's give him a chance, to any specialized biological system and you need to get past generics to actually talk about, are we talking about aphid sex? Are we talking about trilobite sex? Are we talking about therapsid sex? Are we talking about gibbon sex? Which, that's a gibbon, that's a thing for you. Um, uh, What specifics we're talking about? Specialized features as to whether, for example, the penis is detachable like in some bees or whether or not uh, some are uh, sexual reproduction by scattering your sex bits the way plants do All of the variations that take place or have five sexes like the fungi, they're really kinky, Um, or sex change operations that take place in some fish, you'd have to talk about the specific examples, and then you would discover that there is a technical literature on the gradual evolution and development and what uh, uh, genes are being shifted, what hormone variations are taking place okay, in all so, of this. All right, and so I'll, clarify in, it. I'll, I'll, I'll ask I'll... every, let me finish my sentence. I invite everybody that's watching this video, even though they're not going to be including Jack Sostak and John Sutherland, to research every one of the topics that we're bringing up and learn the fascinating science that relates to all of them, all in your court.
4: Okay, so, um So let me uh, narrow it down a little bit. Let, let's talk about mammalian life, okay, or even reptile, reptilian uh, sexual reproduction. Uh, what is plausible about the idea that natural selection and mutations could develop corresponding but different anatomical features that are necessary for reproduction?
2: What's plausible about that idea? What is plausible? that Nephilim will ask exactly the same question in exactly the same wording and after I give an answer that he doesn't like, you, you didn't he'll repeat it. the same question no. over and over again. No, you just said until it's a I subject. don't give the answer that he wants me not to say so because he does not like the answer that I give.
4: Right, so you can't give an answer. I, I I've that.
2: answered the question. You don't no, you like didn't. my answer.
4: No, you just there talked about... There is nothing
2: implausible about the evolution no, of sexual... No, you just talked
4: evolution. about sexual reproduction happens variously with different types of living things. That's all you say. You didn't address the question. I I,
2: about, I brought up Matthew Heron and Volbox... Sorry uh i i'm not a, a super so, duper expert and neither are you on the uh the forensic details of even mammal evolution let me make this uh, easy you, are you yeah. let, let, let's let's get make specific. it real easy let's get specific here why don't we just talk are about something claiming, real specific here okay? are you claiming that the very first synapsid amniote was an asexual organism or a sexual organism no i i, I don't I'm, I'm not
4: arguing that there are, are you know uh Creatures that uh, reproduce without, without a maze. That isn't what I asked. I understand that, but but let's let's narrow it down to something very simple. Because now you're trying to drag this off into something biological systems that are way beyond the origin of life. Well, you're you're the one
3: bringing up mammals. No, I brought up cytotaxis,
4: and you tried to turn it into sexual reproduction, and and that's now going going back back to bacteria. bacteria. So give me About, which, about which you and I
2: both agree, we don't what's, know giddily on this.
4: What's plausible about believing that proteins can arise by natural processes? Ooh, Which proteins? Any protein. Proteins are functional molecular components. Okay. Of molecular machines or machines. Which one components. did you have in mind? Proteins are either machines or mole- components of molecular machines. Uh, how do they arise naturally? If abiogenesis is true, proteins had to have arisen naturally. Can you explain the arrival of proteins by natural chemistry without intelligent agency
2: involved? Okay.
4: No researchers. Just how it's possible
2: for molecules well, to I, order I themselves. I have to rely to upon the proteins. technical literature by the people who actually do the work. I'm just checking down here. See if I can find an obvious paper that happens to specifically mention proteins. How do because, proteins arise um, without intelligent
4: agency? Involved?
2: That's your conviction, and it might even be true, uh, although it still won't explain why all of the alanines have GCs as the first two codons. Oh, that's right. another little issue. Um, right. So um, how, do,
4: how do proteins arise naturally then, JR? Uh, did you,
2: did it, okay. Do scientists have uh, an explanation
4: um, a, a, a workable mo- working model for how proteins could arise naturally?
2: Yeah. There's one we start off with, uh, NIMI paper from 2017. Random sequences are an abundant source of bioactive RNAs or peptides. That biologically, gen- uh, are abiotically generated components uh, that uh, random parts of proteins can become functional. So trying to figure out exactly what protein snippets that are occurring by natural assemblies, by variations on formaldehyde and other things, which we know are generated abiotically, are doing what in that phase, in the early phase of life? Remember, if you've been reading the technical literature on the origin of life, which I don't think you do much of, Neff, that the last universal common ancestor from which, by which we've got stuff like your uh, asexual reproduction system, uh, that is unlikely to be the very early origin of life. So all of the things you're bringing up about complex molecules that are hundreds and thousands of nucleotides long um, aren't necessarily relevant to what abiotic systems are doing. We have had to work out, we, not me, the actual scientists, which include neither one of us, uh, have had to work through step by laborious step. All of this research—nothing. All of this research has been done within my own lifetime, and there most, are none of that. What
4: research I, provides I mean, the, evidence that that what? arose naturally? There is none. That's what the research is about. The, the research doesn't show any such thing. That's nonsense. I, remember, I stipulated no, no research. We has haven't solved that. the problem yet. Right. No. No research has shown that natural process, that processes are ca- capable of creating. Uh, or, or organic systems. There isn't any. Let me oh. screen share something with you uh, yeah. if, if I can. And while uh, you're screen sharing, will, I'll will, put my next question it will in the queue. Allow. If you demonstrate if t- this,
2: to take if, Pasteur's if line, this, if it turns out that scientists can create life artificially, is he going to become an atheist? So if I could screen share this, um, uh, something I want to show you. Yeah, you, you just had it up there for a bit and now it's gone. By the way, you look so cute with your laser eyes. I'm, I'm screen sharing uh, now. Should be screen sharing.
4: So if somebody can do something to allow it. This is so yep. meta. Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. Okay. So this is uh, this is what scientists... This is their... Um, this oh, is good. Their, Let's um, talk about that one. This is, is, is what they de- describe as... Uh, 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 put, wait, put, put it back on screen system. so we can see it i want to, to write put, that down i'm trying to uh go to it let me show you something because i want to show you what the researchers wait a minute this is not
2: uh, put the image back not, on screen so i can write the, it down Neff. and everybody in the, watching the show can write it that's down not the there screen, you go keep that screen um, image there oh god okay, can a you ta- talk 30 seconds well, it takes it takes me a while to write things down, Buckaroo. That's
4: not what I'm trying. You're you're talking so fast, you don't even know what I'm doing. I'm
2: that's, trying to write that down. That's Can not what
4: that I'm that trying to share.
1: Okay, all right, hold on one second. Okay, just God, one second. Let's, let's take a deep deep breath. That's
4: that's not what I'm even trying to share, Dale. You, freaking out,
1: uh, let's see. So, what I'm more curious to, than you are. <laughs> pre, this, did you based uh, like, <laughs> What is going you on? Probably
2: find it there. You
1: remember <laughs> in Star Wars, the rise of you brought Star, it up. Uh, now, what's the, next? Here it is okay. now. If I can
4: screen share this, please. I'm sorry, that was the wrong thing. I want to oh, show you. Well, yours.
1: maybe more this wrong thing. than you like think. In the rise of Skywalker, where Ray goes into the cave and she sees like the reflection of herself, of the reflection
2: of herself, <laughs> okay. of the reflection. Oh, of okay. Her. And so by here. the way, there's also a scene like that so, in Citizen Kane. It's so one of the famous things from 1941.
4: This, this is what I want to uh, well, I want to share. And yeah. I, w- I want you to help you understand the language that scientists, secular uh, scientists, okay. use,
3: and what are we
4: things? The language that secular scientists use when they write these papers saying that they found reason to believe this or that happened naturally. We designed peptides with binary alternating sequences. of Why
2: are we not seeing the paragraph? Why are we seeing the invasive mirrors? They say (laughs) the individual
4: template uh, peptides were designed to be soluble, etc. Observe the significant enhancement, okay? These are things that they've done, you know, at great
1: expense. Yeah, scientists have to do what our, they can with the work man. they have available. Let okay. somebody talk for second. fifteen seconds. Okay. one mm-hmm. second. So let's do this. Uh, yeah, we'll give Neff a chance to share. But uh, one thing we do need, Neff, is that to be fair, like we are seeing the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, like reflection of the okay. reflection of the reflection of the screen,
2: and so okay, that's man. I think information content zero. Okay. Let me try this. Oh, there again. we go. Okay, so we now we do there. see that. Okay. That there. Just Thanks keep so much. it there.
4: Okay. All right. So, uh, when when scientists, secular scientists. Uh, uh, do things in a laboratory at great expense throwing their uh, experiments down the down the uh, down the sink over and over again buying all the purified elements and things that go into it and trying and trying as they might and they come up with something that's not even useful for life and they had to manufacture it they use this language we designed peptides with binary alternating sequences of hydro hydrophobic and hydrophobic acid, et cetera, et cetera. We we use this we did this we we manipulated this we built this we we sequenced this we we modified the ph level as a precipitate they modified the ph levels. they even changed the polarity of molecules the molecules had to be changed in their polarity these amino acids to test mm. the sequence and specify we we did this we now we keep used that image up by the way when i get my answer one sec let's all right one one get second, probe, let's to, all right, yeah. Uh, so uh, they they uh, they combine things. They 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 activate things. They purify things. They force things to happen. They're, they're doing things to make molecules do what they don't naturally do. See, that's yeah. the language that they use in, in in every science paper where they describe origin of life research, uh, whether they're trying to develop, show how this paper, for example, trying to show a plausible reason for believing that proteins form naturally this is a recent paper very recent last uh, yeah let's discuss that one so they don't state that we figured it out jr you know they state we used our intelligence to make these things happen what we're going to put a period in there somewhere what we got was not even useful to life but we think that's how it happened in the beginning somewhere
2: that's now can i uh, comment on this paper and please keep the image up so everybody can see it okay now what are they doing just from this abstract? They designed peptides with binary alternating sequences. So they took components and arbitrarily stuck them together in a bunch of combinations and then would see what happened. What did they dis- develop? We have investigated four different template substrate pairs and in all cases observed a significant enhancement of sequence selective and stereoselective amino acid addition. What does that mean in abiotic a, 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 a contents? Sequence selective, that the sequences and stereo selective, what molecules they connect up with naturally were more of that activity. They did not design it to do the new activity They just assembled like Lego blocks together to see what they would do and discovered on their own that they did more than just that. that That So I was saying that you are just not understanding the implications of that paper. And I do recommend everybody in the live chat. Write that down. Look it up. Nature Communications is, is open access, by the way, so you'll be able to get the full text. Okay, I may you just have it gross, in my bibliography I don't know you,
4: you just grotesquely misrepresented the science shame on you that's that's Ooh. shameful the scientists acknowledged they built the freaking uh, peptides well, of ties. course that's what you they, do they, in they, an experiment they, they built them they had to modify the polarity of them just to force them to bond together in a string they did they changed the pH level they changed the, the solubilities they changed the neutral levels they should. They activated things with uh, uh, activators they, they had to peer Purify, they do these things over and over and over again to force the molecules to bind, and then when they say purifying selection, they're talking about them as the purifiers, not nature. So, JR, what, these papers that you discuss about abiogenesis don't show that natural processes can do any of this stuff. They show that researchers with about $90,000 to burn can do it if they spend two and a half months in the laboratory throwing $15,000 worth of chemicals down the, down the sink every month mm. to get it done. Start, That's start. what they do. They didn't develop discover anything they discovered that if they do this 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 all right they can make something happen they didn't show natural chemistry can do it so again the question is what is the scientific reason for believing that natural undirected chemistry can produce biological systems including the genetic information, linguistics, the functionality, the semiotics, the algorithms, the interdependencies. You haven't given us anything. Nothing.
2: Nothing, uh, nothing is ever going to be worth. I know from previous debates with you, Neff, that no fossils can ever mean anything. Nothing can ever disprove the FUD. Not the nothing can ever prove uh, radioactive dating. And yet I know how bad you are at primary source documentation. That's why I wanted to get this thing down so I can look at the original paper. I know that you've miscopied <laughs> numbers that you've gotten out of uh, uh, Snelling and others uh, uh, on no, uh, technical papers uh, that you've nonsense. copied over the years. And it's like that's pulling nonsense. teeth to get sources out of you. So at last we no, got a well, why source. Why are you lying and about I'm gonna me be now in a
4: debate? You. You're lying about me now in a debate? Nope, nope, nope. That's
1: ridiculous,
2: Jay. I'm insulting you. I'm not lying about you. That's ridiculous.
1: We will, uh, might be a decent time to go into the q and I think you guys probably feel quite satisfied with yourselves. Uh,
2: so, we, <laughs> we beat some dead horses. Yeah, yeah let's go to Q&A.
1: <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, thanks so much, uh, everybody, for your questions. What I'm doing is, Derek and I are going to switch back and forth reading them. I have just sent the uh, question list to you, Derek. And so that was via email. Okay. And so Can you give me, me
2: 30 seconds to refill
1: my tea? You got it. And want to let you know, folks, if you have not heard a couple of things, want to let you know in terms of channel housekeeping. One, we are thrilled, very excited that Modern Day Debate has invaded the podcast world. This is in addition to the YouTube channel. The channel will keep going. However, we'll also have all of our debates via your favorite podcast. If you can't find us on those favorite podcasts, let us know. We'll work to get on there. And those are just some of them that were already on, on the right side of your screen. Rating us also helps, of course, if you want to give us a rating and want to let you know. In addition, just tonight, brand new, we have decided that we will read any super chat that has a serious question. If it is something that is more of a joke, teasing type of super chat, we're saying you got to pay extra because we just don't want too many of the kind of super chats that are like, oh... Nephilim Free looks like an egg or RJ is a terrorist or any of that stuff. That was actually what they said about last night's debaters. But the Thanks. point is I, that I,
4: I'm so a terrible totally answer an egg and that's why I don't break the internet with a camera. I'm
1: that's sorry. true. The, the so, egg
4: it would kill them. It would just kill them.
1: I told everybody tonight when I found <laughs> out I want to let everybody know when I found out Neff wasn't using his camera I said our female audience members are going to be really disappointed. Uh, but you know he refuses. Uh, he won't use the camera. So we've got his picture there, though tremendous picture. And Derek, I'm Lasers ready. Your eyes are if you're cute. If,
3: uh, um, I'm looking for the email for the uh, the questions, you bet. Let me just
1: double check that I sent it. Yep, I sent it at eight twenty four. So it should. Maybe it's just taking a little bit longer. Oh, okay. It says it sent just a minute ago. So maybe if you hit refresh, it might be there. And. Oh, okay. Want to let you know, folks. Our first one comes in from John Maddox. <laughs> Logical, plausible, probable, but don't worry, R.J. It's not a—it's uh, not a jab at you. He says, "Epic after show kicks off five minutes after this debate ends." Oh, a shameless also, plug! He says, "Major mia culpa from me. I don't know what that is." Uh, but he says, don't miss it. Is mea culpa when you sing like a solo, like acapella?
2: Uh, no, it's when you say, uh, did something wrong. Oh, well, that's yeah. juicy. So he said, that's all from the that, haters... that Latin y stuff that those uh, Latin y people do. You got it.
1: Well, Dominus fili Filiame.
2: That's the only line I can remember from being in the Man for All Seasons.
1: And that link is both in the description as well as. Right now, I am pinning that message in the live chat so that you mm. guys can click into that. So that should be a lot of fun. And let's see. Our
2: side's having an after show, too. So we're all in that.
1: If it's uh, if it's made it over, Derek, let me know. Otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Definitely,
3: definitely. So we got a question or really a comment from uh, Scott Duke. Me and the dogs up watching Modern Day Debate on so a stormy Saturday night. Thanks all.
1: Appreciate that, Scott. We love when you watch. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks, George Bond. Appreciate your support as well. Said, question for RJ. Mm -hmm. You're now up to 46 hypotheses for abiogenesis. All failures. Have you got anything new? Caps
2: LOL. Oh. Well, actually, it's been as usual Uh, a process of figuring out what to do and what not. And remember, the only people in the field are uh, uh, the uh, uh, evolutionary scientists. Uh, They were tending to think in terms of Trying to account for DNA systems and then, of course, uh, more fascination with the RNA side of things, particularly when they found out that the ribosome has an RNA molecule at its core instead of a protein. And so there was a, a, a tic-tac back and forth between RNA versus DNA. Turns out that was a little bit too simplistic because the latest research that Sutherland has done has been upon the fact that there are RNA-DNA molecule combinations that have absolutely fascinating prebiotic quantities. And this has only been worked out in the last couple of years. Another factor that wasn't included had to do with the fact that because the moon had just been formed and the earth is spinning way faster, it's been slowing down ever since and the moon has been following away, tides are radically higher in the early period, as well as um, the fact that the Earth is rotating more quickly. So the the wet-dry cycles that are taking place on the surface are much more rapid, and it turns out that under those circumstances, that also acts as a concentrating and control mechanism, and there's been a huge amount of technical research on that in just the last couple of years. So uh, as in any science, just like we don't depend on 1860, you have to figure out what works and what doesn't. Uracil, for example, which was a really difficult nucleotide, the one that's used in RNA instead of uh, tyrosine, I think, um, uh, was uh, sure. virtually thought impossible to synthesize until they started doing work with the uh, uh, hydrothermal vents. And they discovered when they brought phosphorus into the mix, which they hadn't done in the experiments before, poof, generated uracil just like that. And Thanks so uh, that that the, the, the science built. So what you... Th- see as some sort of a problem well they're constantly developing new ways of looking at it it's because they want to get the right answer and they're going to stick with it until they figure it out and the people not doing the work are just going to be from the sidelines like neff gotcha yeah nice little jab yeah. on neff okay. neff should comment by the way that's a long answer really sh-
1: short and pithy though just because yeah, this has already been a long answer of course
4: yeah, science uh, has provided no reason to believe that natural processes can do anything relating to biology to design anything. Everything has been discovered to be so complex and interdependent that it racks the mind. And uh, evolutionists will never have support for it in science. All
3: right. Uh, Kenny said we still need a Mr. Batman versus Goblins girl debate.
1: Nah, well, we might have Godless Girl on again someday, however, it's still being decided. Also want to let you know though, someone who used to be on Modern Day Debate, someone who even used to be a moderator at Modern Day Debate, and who was banned, has changed their ways. They said, I will not do what I did again. They have repented. We are having them back this Monday. You will not forget this Monday night's debate. It is going to be a juicy one. And also want to let you know, folks, I don't think I mentioned at the start, if you love controversial debates, if you are sick like us, consider hitting that subscribe button as we have many more to come. We also have a tag team debate on a hot button political issue tomorrow. So with that, let me jump back into the questions. And remember,
2: we know that all important issues are resolved completely in every one of our debates.
1: That's true. uh, (laughs) We will get to the bottom of this yet tonight for abiogenesis. So sphincter of doom, love the name, sicko, (laughs) says, Nephilim Free, why do you think it could not be by chance when atoms and molecules are known to interact with each other in predictable ways?
4: Well, because uh, life is uh, uh, driven by information, which is algorithmic and linguistic, Those properties are products only of intelligence. They have no basis in matter. They can't be produced by material processes. So everything about life is prescribed by information, which is linguistic and algorithmic. And uh, information, linguistics, algorithms can't. But on top of that, the complexity of biological life down to the molecular level is so stupefyingly complex and interdependent and functional that, uh it, it's uh it's it's utterly implausible to believe that something that complex, that ingenious, that sophisticated could arise because molecules bump around.
3: Gotcha. All right. Yeah, we got a uh a statement by uh logical, probable, plausible. Uh don't miss the after show. Just, uh major Mia Coco for me also stop being cheap people sending some five dollar super chats. All right, hey, hey James, do you mind if I ask a question? Go for it. All right, uh, you know, because uh, when nephilim Free he mentioned that cells don't develop, uh, they just mm-hmm. split. Right. right. I I, I, just, I was just thinking about the fact that uh, mitochondria seems to have RNA, I mean DNA shaped like a ring, like oh, yeah. bacteria does, whereas uh, eukaryotes has like chromosomes and DNA shaped like chromosomes. So like a human cell, for example, what makes us yeah. human is found in the, the nucleus, which is chromosomes it seemed like a eukaryotic cell consumed the bacteria cell and it's now using it as a power cell. Well, that's, that's an up.
4: idea, you know, but there's no scientific, re- there's no scientific reason to believe that. Uh, it's just an idea required by the theory. Somebody's got to come up with something to explain how it happened, uh, how this came into being. What you're talking about is just a story. It's believed, I understand, but there's nothing in science that demonstrates that's what happened It could have happened. And you'll never... My, my, my position is you would never even get uh, mitochondrial DNA by natural processes. That's just never going to happen. The sugar bi- ribose backbone of, of DNA, uh, whether it's a mitochondrial or, or a genomic, uh, uh, is, is uh, something that's not going to be produced by, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, in an abiotic situation. And even if it could form, which we don't know that any way it could have, it wouldn't stick around.
2: It'd just break down. It so it couldn't yeah. happen. Moving. Thank uh, so uh, Can I put a little comment in about the mitochondria? Uh,
1: let's I just want to keep moving just because we have a lot of questions. I hate to do that to you, RJ. I can say it real fast. I'm I bet you can, but I'm sorry we gotta <laughs> keep moving. I um we we do have to keep moving. I'm sorry to do that to you. But Sisofrados Arabia, we we do really have a lot. Like it is I, I still have to email the rest over to Derek. I'm not going anywhere. So this one, let's see, I got lost. Uh, Gabriel Okay
2: Thank this Matthew comes Steel.
1: in from... We, oh, okay, Matthew Steele, thanks so much. Appreciate that, Derek. Said, Neff, what is the mechanism you use to differentiate between actual design and the mere appearance of design? Thanks for that, Matthew Steele.
4: I would say uh, some of the features of design are complexity and function and in uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, intentionality. Uh, interdependence is another. Uh, But uh, function is really one of the greatest. Uh, Biological, natural chemistry doesn't produce things that have function, especially complex functions. They require other things that are not in their proximity, but are somewhere else and maybe never even having come in contact with. So functionality, functions that have purpose, things that have purpose for a function, rather, uh, are things that are uh, astonishing evidences of intelligent design
1: we are going to uh one thing i want to mention enough just mm-hmm. that your audio is kind of going back up i think my guess is you're maybe gravitating okay. closer to the now,
2: mic. i
4: just hand. reinstalled windows let me let me turn my mic volume down though
2: you guys
3: thank you there are new functions by the way all right sunflower asks rj oh. uh, mm-hmm. to the best of your ability can you explain something from nothing in 100 words or less oh is nothing is an option Uh, See, they're, they're buried,
2: buried in that whole argument is the presumption that there can be like nothing uh, This is all going back ultimately to the origin of matter and all the rest origin of life it, 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 uh, Neff can bring various criticisms to bear and I have uh, um, mentioned uh, the, the fact that we haven't worked out how life originated But all of it involves matter that already existed Not a single one of the atoms that would be involved in any abiotic process Would be from nothing uh, uh, the, the only where the nothing has been moved is at like, what was there anything before the Big Bang? But that's 11 billion years, <laughs> 10 billion years before uh, the origin of life on the earth, and therefore isn't irrelevant to this question.
1: Stories. Next next up. Thank Correct you. stories. Mention anyway. Also, uh, let's see. We're going to the next question from this one is... From Barry Barry, appreciate it, says, Nephilim, why spend so much time focusing on complexity when complexity is not a hallmark of design? Complexity
4: is one of the hallmarks of design. Uh, n- natural things don't naturally create complexity. Complexity is not something that arises in nature. Uh, complexity is something that is uh, uh, put together by an intelligence. Uh, nature tends to move everything towards disorder. Matter moves towards disorder, not or does not order itself into complex things, especially complex things that have interdependencies or in functionality. And freeze have proteins. Uh, all proteins already existed.
2: But they weren't antifreeze until point you, mutations turned okay. them into a new function.
4: They don't know that.
2: That's yes, certain, they do. There's oh, five different ways that that's happened independently no. in various fish lineages,
3: it, and very it, few of those are discussed in the
2: creationist literature. It's we had assumed. a section on it
3: in... Certain, our, Firstly, all right, thank yeah, you for that, guys. That Let's move on to Firstly, the called uh, oh, one, one
1: thing I, yeah, I do... Just to be fair, just because the question for, was for Neff, I do want to give him the last word on that one. Um, mm-hmm. Was it for Neff? Let me just.
4: Uh, it was uh, assumed, and secondly, even if the, it happened to provide the ability of the organism to survive in uh, extremely colder and colder temperatures, doesn't mean that it's plausible that proteins could arise uh, because a damage event can it occur. Doesn't mean uh, doesn't produce damage events. Don't produce functionality. Thank you.
3: All right. So uh, Deadly Dakota Raptor asks, how do tidal cycles relate to the prebiotic Earth?
4: Say it again. I'm sorry. How do what?
3: How do tidal cycles relate to the prebiotic Earth?
4: Tidal cycles.
3: Tidal cycles, like tidal mm-hmm. waves? Uh, well,
4: uh, tidal, no, I think they mean by the moon causing tides.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it oxygenates the, ox- the oceans. Uh, and that's a negative for abiogenesis. The presence of oxygen in the environment is a killer for abiogenesis theory.
2: Next. Oh, and but there wasn't free oxygen uh, in notable quantities in the early atmosphere. That, that's false. That's the planets of, of the Earth
4: are full of oxygen.
2: That's one of the mythologies false. of young Earth creationism and anti-evolutionism. But by the way, that tidal thing is what I just mentioned earlier, is some of the material that's been part of very recent research on working through experimentally what is the impact of those rapid tidal cycles on those conditions of what's going on early in life. Eventually, it will turn into the creationist literature. Are you aware that your own camp
4: admits they can't find a periodic Earth? That the oxygen of the Earth always seems to have been
2: present? They don't have a... Uh, No, that's not true. And I follow this study in great detail. I dare you to document that.
4: That is true.
1: Gotcha. I don't lie for science. Let's see. Next up, thank you for your question. This one comes in from... Sigifredo Sarabia has entered the building. He asks... Um, Um, That's right. Would your arguments, RJ, conclude that, quote, because the universe is improbable, there is no God? If you agree, we won the lottery five times in a row to create a universe without design. How do you prove creation isn't rigged?
2: Oh, actually... um Uh, uh, I there's arguments you can make on both sides of the fence on this and in fact philosophers run all over the place on this first of all We can't assign any probabilities to anything in origins because it's absolutely arbitrary assumptions uh, Origin of the universe that we're talking to what if anything existed prior to everything was there time before there was time and this actually applies just as much to any creator gods uh, are gods necessarily eternal? Are they necessarily uh, nice? Uh, what do they do? Are they malicious or not? All of that's separate. Uh, the probability or improbability, that can get you, if you want to go down a Calvinist predestination road, uh, you can get into that area. All of these things are are, uh, are presuppositional and kind of irrelevant. They're the kinds of games people want to play when they don't want to get into the nitty-gritty uh, however, probable or improbable the creation of life is, or however probable and improbable uh, um, gods are, you still have the texts that you have. You still have the physical evidence that you have. You got therapsids. You got the book of Genesis. You got the Ha'ata. All of these things we can examine independent of pr- a priori probability arguments.
4: Well, if JR, you had had evidence for abiogenesis, you would have given some in the hour that you had available to you to do it. You didn't provide a shred.
2: You mm. appealed to the fossils in deep time, and that didn't help you a bit.
1: Got to give RJ the last uh, word on this one, because no. the question is right. uh,
2: That uh, Absolutely no amount of evidence can ever persuade Neff of anything that he decides isn't
1: well, true. if I could have Neff, I've got to uh, give him the last word.
3: RJ? Yes. All right. Uh, logical, plausible, probable reminds us again about the after show. Uh, that kicks off five minutes after debate. Over Mike, plus Major Mia Coppa. All right, and then Gabriel K. asked the question, amino acids can form on asteroids. Do you know how hard it is to synthesize them? What makes you think complex chemistry didn't happen on earth naturally? And I, I, I assume that's uh, directed at you, uh, Nefron, you.
4: Um, well, uh, amino acids, getting amino acids is not a big deal. Getting a protein, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, getting amino acids doesn't mean anything when it comes to, 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 to the natural formation of life. That's like saying, because because some guy can whittle Lego bricks with a pocket knife, therefore we can get tractors by the same process. I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. Uh, this is a grotesque misrepresentation of the actual problems involved in the idea of abiogenesis by the evolutionist camp. Look, we can get amino acids, naturally can happen. That means nothing. Nothing. You're not going to get ribosomes, proteins, complex information, coded systems, information, linguistics, semiotics, algorithms, and the astonishing mind-bending complexity of a cell by, because amino acids can form on a oh, rock right, uh, doesn't help them
2: at all. Ah, but amino acids do have chemical properties that interconnect with other things, and that's the seed corn for abiogenesis, of which the research I suspect Neff has never bothered to read. You now, in your in your fantasies, I know. Let's
1: see, all right, enough about RJ's fantasies. All right, thanks. Let's. No, you don't want to hear about me. my
2: fantasies, James.
1: <laughs> Next up, let's see. Thank you for your question. This one comes from Sigifredo Sorabia, who says, Neff, if you reduce biology to be quote, machine-like, or products of atoms, the product of atoms, how are you not a materialist begging a question to answer RJ without concluding, cause God...
4: Um, well, and, and atheists like to put that, that argument forth all the time, but the simple truth of it is, is all they're trying to do is uh, undermine the, the, the facts, and the fact is that this kind of complexity that we see in biological systems is truly mind-bending, uh, so much so that biologists, one biologist said, uh, one philosopher I think of science said, that biologists have to continuously convince themselves what they're looking at for naturally instead of being designed. Uh, Because it is so mind-bendingly complex. And every chemist in this world knows that natural chemistry does not produce things that are complex. Every chemistry professor on the planet knows it. Everyone. And yet... These people who put forth this godless idea of abiogenesis and evolution want you to believe, oh, it could just all happen. And it happens together remarkably fast, because it had to, else the environment would have destroyed it, so it happened super fast, super fast, super
1: fast. We must go to the next one. Uh, I hate to interrupt, but if you're okay with that, that's... Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I want to mention, I forgot to mention, that Dapper Dino is also having an after show. And so let us know, folks, both... Logical, Plausible, Probable, and Dapper Dino's aftershows, because there are two of them for this debate. They're linked in the description. If you would like to host an aftershow for a debate, let us know. We can put that in the description like we have for those guests. Which gives
2: people the opportunity to watch one and then the other, but they can't do both simultaneously because it will be confusing.
1: That's true. You're going to have to... You could like listen to bits and pieces while keeping both tabs open I don't you know. can come
2: hear the truth
4: or you can go hear stories
1: next uh next all right.
3: up all right experiments in prebiotic chemistry acts where is a peer-reviewed paper which describes the mechanism by which god created the first living self Peer review okay. papers are how you distinguish that which is real from that which is imaginary mm. Peer review papers which describe mechanisms How you distinguish real from imaginary?
4: Okay, so the, the, the question is moot and it's because it's flawed it's set up as a straw man nobody explains uh, nobody has reason to believe that they can explain the supernatural power to to make it into a mechanism whereby they can observe it or describe it so the question is moot it's a ridiculous atheist question Uh, it's it's actually a a terrible straw man however we do know that uh, supernatural processes were involved because DNA is information linguistics and algorithms and those only come from supernatural causes natural causes cannot make them traced every single time information linguistics and algorithms return to an intelligent agent every single
1: time next up thanks for your question this one comes in from the quiet gorilla said time for my weekly drachma just i think they taught us last time it's uh ancient greek uh, what they would oh, use for yeah, I think it's
2: a current Greek coin. I think they well, they, they oh. use Euros because they're part of the European Union, but that's Greek currency. Drakma.
1: Oh, and so they said, thank you for the entertainment. Thank you, everyone. So I couldn't agree. Thank you, Neff, RJ, and Derek for making this possible tonight. We appreciate you guys. And, and we um,
2: solved all the problems right here, didn't you? You saw that's, it. That's true. And thank <laughs> you. By, buy, buy my t shirts
4: on creationistclothing.com. Nice.
2: <laughs> and, and buy uh, the rocks were there. Uh, me and Jackson can use the royalties. And you'll like it, and it makes a great
3: paperweight and something to hit over the head of creationists with.
2: <laughs> I,
3: uh, frustrated atheist asked a question Devil's advocate question for RJ. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we have yet to get from inorganic chemistry to organic life, how can we say abiogenesis is accurate to reality?
2: Oh, as I pointed out right in the beginning, well, we don't know how life originated. It could have been a miracle. It could have been natural. My suspicion is, given the track record that evolution has had in explaining stuff and predicting stuff in a way that anti-evolutionists have been absolutely terrible at, uh, I'm putting my bet on nature. And the irony is that if evolutionists ever crack the origin of life problem, most religionists, including most Christians, will just move the goalposts and say how incredibly clever God was to design a system that will form Life systems automatically and organically. They'll just they'll have no problem with it. So, in many respects, the the uh, biogenesis argument is a dead letter. It's, it's not going to change people's minds in the same way Pasteur talked about 150 years ago.
1: Gotcha. And thank you for your question. This one comes
2: in from
1: Barry Berry, who says, see, I just sent a correction. So it's uh they say, neph let's say for the sake of argument. That the theory of evolution by intelligent design is proven to be one hundred percent false, give evidence for design.
4: The question is nonsensical because it posits the first in order to rebut it; it, it makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I'm confused to be oh. honest. Um, yeah, it,
4: it, it posits a mechanism and then says the mechanism is disproved. Now believe in it? it it's a ridiculous question.
1: Let's see. Let me know, Barry, right. Barry, if I have read that wrong or misinterpreted it, and we'll go to the next one.
3: Okay. Uh, uh First-rated atheist, he asks another question, this one for Neff. What, if anything, would change your mind on this? Uh, well, I don't,
4: I, I don't think it's possible to change my mind. My, my purpose and in, in, in the way that I operated in this debate was simply to, to show that my opponent would not be able to answer a single question. He would not be able to provide any evidence for evolution. I think I accomplished that. I could have approached it in a completely different way by discussing the incredible, unsurmountable problems for abiogenesis, and there's lots of them, and I know about all of them. I just didn't do it that way. I did it this way for the purpose of getting Jr. to stumble all over himself trying to give scientific evidence minutes for something.
1: Oh the shucks, state. I'm just a little stumbler here. <laughs> Next up, I want to say, uh, let's see, we have time to maybe do uh, one or two questions in addition to the Super Chats. Uh, let's see, I just want to find those. One second, I did copy and paste them. So I'm going to send those over to Derek right now. Thanks for your patience, Derek. So this is uh, the fourth or fifth email. And... First, I'll read the first one. This one's from Sky Out. So maybe what we'll do is do one from uh, each person. So we'll just do these first two that we have on the list. This one is for RJ, who uh, asks, what is the Cambrian explosion?
2: Oh, gosh, that's the period about half a billion years ago when we see uh, most, not all, of the extant animal phyla showing up in the fossil record. An awful lot of that wasn't even known until the 1970s when they started reevaluating a lot of the fossils. Uh, uh, several of the of the phyla, particularly annelids and others, predate the Cambrian. And they're exactly the ones that are making sense, have been early origin, as opposed to waiting until the big uh, uh, Cambrian. By the way, most of the Cambrian phyla are an explosion of the uh uh, protostomes, the uh, buggy things. Mm. It's like a part store for uh, uh, biramus appendages, as one paleontologist used to say. And most of those are, in fact, uh, extinct groups. Uh, that dominated the field for a while, but the little bitty wiggly chordates that are, by the way, the most primitive you could possibly imagine. that are just exactly what evolutionists were expecting early chordates to look like. Uh, that bunch eventually proliferated in the Ordovician on to Stories. become the critters that we well know, including uh, everybody on this panel. Next,
1: uh, we do have a couple of other, oh wait, that's sorry, uh, I'll give you a chance to read that one, Derek,
3: sorry about that. Oh, that's no problem. Uh, this one comes in from Ron Chariotier. here. He wants us to ask Neff, what caused the iridium and micro diamond layer at the KT boundary in the strata? The flood of
4: Noah did that. Uh, the uh, iridium was inside the earth. It became out from inside the earth and was flooded over on top of the earth. That's why there's an iridium layer, just like that's why there's sandstone layers and chalk layers and limestone layers. Uh, the macro diamonds are a are, are reason. The reason that they exist is because... Um, The diamonds being produced by the tremendous pressure and heat created by the flood of Noah, they were forced up by catastrophic processes towards the surface of the earth too quickly, and if a diamond being in the ground is forced up out of the earth too quickly, it shatters. It has to come up at the right speed for it to stay in one piece. Uh, So the reason these diamonds exploded was because they were brought up to the surface of the earth during by geological processes during the Noahic Flood at a rate too fast. And the diamonds couldn't sustain the change in pressure and they literally shattered.
2: And what Neff just did was the thing he accused me of. He's just told a story that actually isn't based on the evidence. You're talking about based on scientific and knowledge. Rest. And I will guarantee you if you read up on scientific the actual knowledge. science on the KT extinction and shocked quartz and the forensics well, you of can, how that's determined, it ain't what Neff just described.
4: It won't be science. you will be reading fantasies.
3: Thus spake we, let's see. Well, we're, Nephilim. We're to the
1: next Nephilim. We do have a couple of other ones. Given that these people... we uh, Earlier, we said that we are refining the Super Chat process such that we'll only read questions. And the only way we'll read any of the, you know, like, Nephilim Free is like a freak, and all those other ones <laughs> is... Uh, or or our, RJ is, RJ is got destroyed. in the blank. Um, All of those, we we said, you have to pay more now because we don't want too many of those. So some people were still willing to... Still willing Charge them up the yin-yang, they James. They were willing to
3: dig so. deep. They were willing
1: to dig deep in their wallet. We have Roy yeah. DeGaulle, Thanks for your $5 super chat. Says, James, we're all sick, quote unquote, as he sits on his sexy ivory throne. Love you, MDD. Well, thank you, Roy, for that. Uh, let's see. And Kent Hoven's CPA makes an appearance... I <laughs> doubt that's really Kent Hovind's accountant, but says, I've never seen Neffy and Mr. Batman together in the same room. Are they the same person? <laughs> Next. Thank you for that. Let Going by the you. accents,
2: I'd say no. <laughs>
1: that's true. Neff, do you know? Oh, that reminds me. I've got to ask this. Don't let me forget. Uh, Someone told me about this recent idea that's become popular, I guess, especially on, like, Facebook. I've never seen it. But we're looking for someone who happens to be QAnon?
2: Oh, that crap. Holy that,
1: I shit. I
4: don't even like, know that what makes, that means.
2: That I makes guess. wild-eyed nutballs look so, normal.
1: So this is, like, I guess the thing is, it is people who think that Donald Trump is a some sort of messiah figure cleaning Washington, D.C. of the pedos and
2: uh... who may or may not be space lizard people
1: and also and it, what is it, it, it's um, really weird so if it's that's else, a little
2: too far
4: out there for my, <laughs> <opinion. And
2: that,
1: laughs> my and that's first, going some Neff my first thought I thought this has got to be I was like Neff are you part of this group do you know these people can you connect us
4: no I'm, I'm a realist uh, so I can't claim to, to wish or have anything to do with those people sorry
1: we let's tioga says q or i don't know what they're is that how you pronounce it she says they're banned on site so apparently they're not allowed on this uh platform i don't know but we'll i mean we're gonna find out so we'll <laughs> we'll find out if it's our <laughs> they, I, I think
2: they're still showing up as hashtags and uh, linkages in people's profiles on twitter
1: really yeah I need to, okay, so I can bump you help into them every once in a
2: while in, in my activity.
1: Can you connect us with some of your friends, RJ, these QAnon people?
2: Oh, I can't call them friends. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so uh, we do
2: have. That would be really big stretch.
1: But let us know, folks, if you are. I heard Tioga in the live chat. She's part of this group. Let us know if you're part of the QAnon. And uh, we we maybe will have you on for a debate. Well, a likely
2: representative from the state of Georgia is a QAnon friendly one. So we, one of them will be writing laws for people, come the next Congress. <laughs>
1: That's oh. wild. Oh, Spart three four four says he knows someone who believes in that. So who knows? Maybe we'll host it. I will see how.
2: Don't buy any pizza from him.
1: <laughs> That's very <laughs> nice. And we have another. We have we do have a super chat from Coco poofer thank you they paid 20 dollars
2: yeah that that shows you how much i'm worth they said rj got destroyed uh, every atom of my body has been blown to smithereens you don't even see me now i'm gone
1: (laughs) but so thank you coco poofer and uh let's see let's see i'm trying to
2: oh i never poof my coco's
1: this is super interesting, so I can't help but read it. But Sigifredo says that they can see Neff in RJ's glasses. I think that's maybe no. True. That's my
2: screen reflecting in I, my I'm, glasses. I'm trying to hold <laughs> back my supernatural <laughs> right. powers. So Neff's not Lord, in the room with you. Okay. You know, if, if oh if, if, boy, if that would me, not make my day.
4: If God, if God has me shining a little bit right now, that's you have to take it up with Him.
2: Right. Yeah, the cool. luminescence of Nephilim is upon us at every moment. <laughs> As mentioned, <laughs> I
1: want to mention a couple of things. One, uh, the after shows for Logical, Plausible, Probable, and Dapper Dino are in the description. And also want to let you know our guests, all three of our guests today, as we've been thrilled to have Nephilim Free, and RJ, and Derek. It's been a true pleasure to have all of you guys. And folks, want to let you know, if you'd like to learn more about them, they're all linked in the description box below. So, <laughs> want to say... Thanks so much, though, for our guests. Thank you guys, RJ and Nephilim Free and Derek. And thank Derek for thanks. helping out on Appreciate the moderating. It. Thank
4: you so much for us. Hey, my this pleasure, debate. my pleasure. Yeah, Derek, thanks for uh, moderating and co-moderating. It was good to meet you. Hope I see you again. Hopefully, Keeps hopefully. us all on the
2: straight and narrow.
3: That's right, that's right.
1: So uh, awesome. And wanna, yeah, so if you do know people from QAnon, uh, feel free to email me at modern day debate. Yeah, th-
2: this is g- one that I'll I'll warn you. It's highly likely in the in the climate that's going to be occurring in the next months that if you try to do too much in a QAnon debate thing, you could get yourself demonetized in a hurry. This is really wackaloon serious shit that gets uh, under the hackles because this is straight out nutball conspiracy. I mean, like, really is it? I mean, like. I, I'm so surprised because we've had it,
1: it controversial is. topics.
4: It, it's almost as bad as somebody believing rock soup organized into a cell. here we go. Uh, I believe that.
2: And... I, would think that right. anyway, I think this may be one of the rare instances when <laughs> Nephi and I are in agreement on a subject, which is the yeah. QAnon is weird. That's
1: super wild. So I want to say thanks so much, everybody. We have something we agree on. We hope you have a great night and keep sifting yeah. out. The everybody reasonable. stay
2: safe. Wear your masks, be careful of going around thing. This is a serious time and viruses don't give a rat's ass for anybody's statements on YouTube.
1: Touche. And take Mama care yourselves. Don't folks. care either. Thanks so much and uh we'll see you <laughs> hopefully tomorrow night as we'll have a, a hot button political one. Thanks so much everybody. Take care.